Friends, an update on Fred and uh, Del Whiting. Uh, Fred's uh, lung was reinflated this week, uh, his quarter lung, I guess it is. And the prayer, ongoing prayer from Del this morning, is that we might pray that he'll get his appetite back and uh, that his body will be strengthened by the food. So um, let's do that now. But it's wonderful to, to have such a, a major operation uh, proceed well. And uh, yes. Oh, okay. This morning, no, didn't catch up with that. So we'll pray for his health, eh? Father, we thank you again for Fred and for Adele. And most of all, Lord, we thank you that our brother and sister in Christ, they love you and you have loved them for many years. Lord, we thank you that they recognise you in every aspect of their daily life. And so we are so privileged to be able to pray for them and praise you for them today as they seek to see Fred's health uh, regained to uh, good strength again and, Lord, to, uh, to recover. So we pray, Lord, that uh, his appetite will come back. We pray that his, uh, the nosebleed situation he's had for some time on and off will be uh, resolved today, Lord. But you'll give him a peace, a calmness that he uh, can't explain other than the fact that you're with him. Pray that for Dell as well. And Lord, uh, may the next instalment, the next text that we get from Dell, be one of answered prayer as it has been over this past week or so. So we praise you for them, for their ongoing testimony of uh, following Jesus. Lord, we thank you that we can trust one another to you and thank you for those that are on the text prayer chain who faithfully pray when a text comes through and Lord, thank you for the way we hear of uh, how you're answering those prayers. We give you all the glory and the honour today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we've been on a journey for a few weeks and today is the last day for the uh, 21 days of prayer for revival as uh, encouraged by Queensland Baptist. And so we've looked at uh, three sermons over three weeks along that same theme. And Pastor Jeff and I were praying last year and this year about this whole time. And uh, we had to be fairly flexible because we didn't know when the resources, when the focus was going to be. So we prepared to change it to second, from second to third term. But we felt that the whole term, and as a church, not just the three weeks, but the whole term, we should focus on faith-filled prayer. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at some prayers from the scriptures from the aspect of people who prayed trusting God, faith-filled prayers that we might gain something of an understanding of how they prayed, not to use it as a, um, a, 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 um, a formula to say, because he prayed that way, I can pray that way, God should answer my prayers. No, but to look at how and why the person prayed and what God did as a result of that. So um, we're going to be looking at it a few over the next few weeks. My encouragement to you is, if God has been speaking to you over these last few weeks as you've focused on prayer for revival, then don't stop. Don't stop. For some, they've made a, a commitment to meet every day for an hour to pray. For others, they've been on the phone with, with people uh, regularly to pray. Don't stop. I wonder what this time has meant for you. For those that have done the daily devotionals, personally, for those that have done them as a family, for, the, for, for those that have done the studies in the small groups or if you've been 
uh, listening to the sermons, whether it be online via Zoom or in, in person here, what has this time meant for you? What have you gained out of this time where we focused on praying for revival? If you remember in the first week, the focus was on personal revival. What does it mean for me to draw close to God every day? What does it mean for me to hear God's voice, whether it be through his word, the scriptures, or God's spirit within? We looked at how do we intercede for our community? How do we intercede for one another? And then we looked at the fact that God answers prayer. I wonder if there's anyone here today and and if there's someone up in the hall who might like to come and share with us um, what it's meant for them to be a part of this focus for the last three weeks. Is there anybody? There's an opportunity to do that this morning, just briefly. So I'll wait and see if the door opens and anybody walks through. Anybody here in this room? What's, What's this focus on prayer for revival meant for you over the last three weeks? Any responses? Daphne. Oh, sorry, uh, Christine, then Daphne. I just want to say that we're in together. I think it's been trying for different things and just asking God to move. And we've just been coming in We've just been little things here and there that God has been moving us. And we've just decided we want to get on board with what God is doing and we want to be doing his work. Excellent. So, Christine said there's people been meeting and they've been seeing where God's working. Yeah, as they've been praying. Daphne, did you want to share anything? No, that's okay. Just ditto? Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else? I want to give you a warning this morning. And the warning is often when there's been a concentrated focus on something, we get to the end and we say, oh, I ticked the box. I did those three weeks and uh, it was hard slog but we got there in the end. And then everybody sits back and has a rest. Well, my prayer is I hope that doesn't happen. My prayer is that we need to build on what we've learnt in these last three weeks and maybe there's been no new information there but it's been an encouragement to draw close to God once again. I pray that we'll desire that as an ongoing experience of our relationship with him. My prayer is that we'll make it a daily habit to spend time sitting in God's presence, being still, hearing his voice, whether it be from his word or his spirit within, and that we won't fall back into a comfortableness, dare I say a complacency, when it comes to prayer. I want to look at a very short passage today. And uh, this is a, a very short prayer. It's the only time in the Bible that this person is mentioned. And I believe there's significant lessons to learn from this person. We're going to look at faith-filled prayer, praying first. We're going to look at the person of Jabez. You might have heard of the prayer of Jabez. Anybody heard of that? You might have read the book. I think um, Bruce Wilkinson produced this book, The Prayer of Jabez, back in 2000 and it's become a world bestseller. We're going to look at what this prayer means and what God wants us to learn from it. Fairly obscure person. Like I said, it's the only time in the Bible that Jabez as a person is mentioned. And um, anybody here have trouble getting to sleep at night? Some people do? Okay, can I suggest you turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 
1 and start reading from chapter 1 through to chapter 9. Anybody know what's in those passages? Genealogies. Genealogies, you know. Um, uh, so-and-so fathered so-and-so and so-and-so fathered so-and-so and I reckon by the end of chapter 1 you'll be snoozing. Okay. Who skips over that? Well, if you skipped over that, you've missed, missed this passage. And this passage is significant. But if you do need some help, maybe you're a person that loves genealogies and when you see those names you start drawing boxes on a piece of white paper and you connect this person to that person, this family to that family. Not me. Not me. I'm one that uses it to get to sleep. But God caused Moses to mention this one person at this time and such a significant person. Because this person, Jabez, prayed first. It was the first thing he did. And if anything out of these last few weeks of of prayer for revival, if if we've learned anything, it must be that we go to God first. We go to God first about our personal issues, about our church issues, about our our community issues. We go to God first. Let me read this prayer. You can re- Actually, why don't we read it together? It's up on the screen there. Let's read from verse 9. Jabez was more honourable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I'll be free from pain. And... God granted his request. Never, never think that you are insignificant in God's plan. This man was remembered for the prayer that he prayed. But more than that, he was remembered for the fact that God answered his prayer. So whatever your role is in life, in God's bigger plan, never think that you are insignificant. What do we know about Jabez? Well, everything we know about Jabez, apart from the historical context that this was written in, is in these verses. So there's not a lot to know about him. We know that he was part of the tribe of Judah. There's two kingdoms in, in, in the people of God. There's the nation of Israel, the nation of Judah. And he was likely living in the southern area of the country after uh, Canaan had been... Um, uh, after the battle for Canaan had been won and he was probably a part of a small family at the time. That's what we know of the context. But his name tells us something. His name tells us what his mother thought of him. Ouch! Painful. That's what the name means, Jabez. It means pain. I'm not sure I would like a name that meant something like that. What about you? I mean, these days in our Western world, we don't usually give uh, children names uh, that have a, based on a meaning. Sometimes we do, but most people just give a child a name because they like the name or it's a, a family historical name. But I think some of us as parents... Would, uh, would know the thinking that sometimes our kids can be a real pain, can't they? Not that we'd call them that. 
There was a story though that I found about one man. He had a little girl called Christy and one day he said to, said to her, she's only two years old, he said to her, baby, you're a pain. Quick as a whip, she responded, but I'm a sweet pain, daddy. That was a fun exchange and it certainly wasn't meant to be critical. But when this mother of Jabez gave her son the name, it meant something significant. Not only to him, but to all those around him. Because that was the culture of the Jewish culture. When I I was thinking about this, I was reminded of the Johnny Cash song, A Boy Named Sue. Anybody remember that song? Anybody know the words of it? Well, these words at the end of the song sort of helped me to understand Jabez's mum. At the end of the song, the boy named Sue is face to face with his dad who named him and ultimately walked away from the family. And he said, son, the world is rough and if a man's going to make it, he's got to be tough. And I knew I wouldn't be there to help you along. So I give you that name and I said goodbye. I knew you'd have to get tough or die and it's the name that helped to make you strong. I'm not sure I'm in favour of calling a boy Sue, by the way. But his intentions were good. When you think of other names in the scripture, what does Jacob mean? Anybody remember? He was the grabber. He grabbed hold of things. He grabbed hold of his inheritance. Solomon means peace. And Jesus means what? Close. Jesus means Jehovah saves. Jehovah saves. So when mother of Jabez gave him this name, it was either a reminder to her of how difficult childbirth was or how difficult the pregnancy was or perhaps something happened at the time when Jabez was born that reminded her of how painful life could be. And she didn't want him to forget it. He lived with that name every day. Pain, painful. And sadly... Often that depicted the life that a person would live. Pain and sorrow were right there in front of him all his life. What did he do with that? What did he do knowing that his birth caused his mother pain? Some people would have just given up and said, oh, if that's my lot, I'm just going to do whatever I like, you know, and not care about what other people think, not care about what God thinks. But he did something amazing with his life. What happened? He was an honourable man. He was an honourable man. He was... Oh, that's the pain one. He was an honourable man. There you go. More honourable than his brothers. So, with a name that meant pain, he could have just lost it in life. But what he did was he chose to become an honourable man. You know, it doesn't matter what our backgrounds are where we've come from, but all of us have to make a choice. Will we let our backgrounds, our heritage, our history influence us or will we allow God to do something in our lives that makes us into honourable people? That's what Jabez chose. He chose to be an honourable man. He's listed amongst more than 500 names in that passage of the scripture and God inspired this writer, as it were, in brackets to say, He was an honourable man more than his brothers. 
Would you like somebody to write that about you? An honourable person more than your brothers? That would be a high point of praise. Different translation of the Bible reads this. There was a man named Jabez who was more honourable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. When Bruce Wilkinson wrote this book, I'm not sure he knew what impact it would have on the church worldwide. Many people have uh, read this book and they have committed to praying that prayer daily and there's testimonies uh, all over the place about how God has changed their lives when they've committed that prayer to God every day. What we learn from Jabez in these two short verses is that one, there's power in prayer and two, it can turn a life of pain into a life of blessing. Like I said, I don't know all your backgrounds, but some people here and on Zoom have come from painful backgrounds. And I'm sure there will be testimonies today of how God has turned that pain into blessing. I wonder, as I was reading this book, I thought, this description of Jabez, uh, reading these verses rather, this description of Jabez uh, seems to be very emotional to me. Now, I grew up, I've, I've lived in Baptist churches most of my life and as a young person, um, we were discouraged from showing any emotionalism in a conservative evangelical church. You know, um, uh, Baptists don't clap, Baptists don't dance and Baptists don't cry was one of the things that I heard as a young person. I praise God that he's changed churches immensely. Because even though, and I know why they said that, because there was this concern that we would get too emotional, get carried away with the emotions and forget the facts and forget the truth, forget the uh, mind aspect of our faith. But Romans 12 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, yes, we do need to have our mind changed. But then on in the scriptures it says, It is with the heart that you believe. It is also the truth that you will receive a new heart when you come to Jesus. Where your heart is, not your mind, where your heart is, that is where your treasure is. And out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So let me say to you today, when Jabez prayed this prayer, there was emotion in it and emotion wasn't bad. The Lord saw his emotional response and responded to that. How did Jabez pray this prayer? How did he pray it? Well, Lord, you know, if you really want to, then you could do this. No way. It was, Lord, please, I beg you, I plead with you. Answer this prayer. Have you ever been like that with God? Have you ever got to that place where you're voicing a deep need? It could be for your spouse, or it could be for your child, a parent, a friend, a loved one. I'm in trouble, Lord, or my friend is in trouble, Lord. Help. We don't, uh, some of us may be not vocal like that, but some of us may be in anguish 
when we pray to God. Sometimes we forget that our emotions are birthed in our needs and um, whether we have a no need or a little need or a big need, that is generally how our emotional response is towards God. And I think that it's, it's okay. When you read the Psalms, it's, David cried out to God. Others have cried out to God in those times when they know that what's happening is beyond their control and they have no answers. What was the message in this particular request that Jabez, Jabez asked of God? The message was to ask for God's provision. It was to ask for God's presence and for his protection. God's provision, God's presence and his protection. There's nothing wrong with asking God for a blessing. but We need to have a clear understanding what God's blessing really is. Have you ever considered how many different ways the word, we use the word bless, even in our current terminology? You might have said, you might have prayed, Lord bless the missionaries or Lord bless our kids today or bless our food as we sit around this table or you might have even blessed somebody after they sneezed. Uh, we use blessing in a, in a various of ways in our, in our vernacular today. But the biblical meaning of the word blessing is to ask for God to impart supernatural favour. To ask God to impart supernatural favour. When we ask God to bless us, we're not asking for him to give us something that we can get for ourselves. Rather, something that can only come with the unlimited goodness of a powerful God who is able to do beyond what we think or imagine or ask for. That's what Jabez was praying. Lord, bless me beyond what I think or imagine or ask for. Jabez didn't tell God what the blessing would be. He knew it was up to God to decide how he would bless. This is an incredible trust that Jabez had in God. Do you have that same trust when you pray? Lord, I'm asking for this. Do we specify how God should do it? Or are we prepared to let God answer as he knows best. Certainly Jabez had that trust in God. Jabez didn't just ask for a blessing. He asked God to enlarge or expand his borders. He was praying, the background to this story is, he was praying that God would give him his rightful land. Because every tribe in Judah and every family in that tribe had their... um, inherited land and he was asking God for that, that God would expand his borders, enlarge his borders. Do you know it's okay to pray for growth? It's okay to pray that God would bless us through growth, whether it be our personal walk with God, our spiritual growth, whether it be the growth of the church, whether it be a revival in the community and God building his kingdom. It's okay to ask for that. And did you see what else he asked for? That God would walk with him that God would walk with him. When you're walking with God, I believe the sky's are the limit. When you're walking with God and conversing with God, understanding his plans, the hope that he has for our future, 
sky's the limit in what we can ask from God. Jabez was motivated that day. He was motivated to ask God for the impossible. He was motivated to ask God for blessing, not only on him, but in enlarging the territory, it meant the people that were involved in that territory as well. He asked God to protect him from evil. He asked God to be with him. Oop, too far. Go back. We'll start it again. Thanks, mate. He asked him that he would keep him from harm so that he, not, so he might not be in pain. Did you get that word? What was his name? Jabez. Painful. He asked God that he would no longer live up to his name. That he would no longer be in pain. What a great big prayer to ask of God. Jabez was reminded of pain every time he heard someone mention his name. And he wanted to honour God. So he's asking God to protect him from evil and not be in pain. And that last verse, how did we go? Did we get that back? last verse is the important one. What did God do? He answered his prayer. He granted him his prayer. He granted what he asked. I wonder if God answers our prayers like that. There are some conditions here. Like I said, it's not a magic formula, but there are some real conditions in this passage. And the conditions are, first of all, that Jabez was an honourable man. Why was he honourable? Because he put God first. If we want to see God answer prayers, we need to put God first. We need to honour God in our lives. His character, his authenticity, it spoke of his relationship with God. That's what God's looking for in us today. Jabez prays a prayer for personal gain. Not just that he would be the ruler of the land in that area, but all the people in that area would be blessed as well. And that's the heart of an honourable person before God, is that other people will be blessed. And finally, he asked that God would protect him from harm and that he wouldn't be in pain. God gave Jabez exactly what he asked. What are you asking from God today? Are you asking for personal benefit? Are you asking something that is more long-lasting than this life on this earth? Are you asking for God to break into people's lives? Something that's of eternal value. Jesus said this, he said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what you're asking of God, is it a heart thing or is it a head thing? Is it something that God will answer or something that God will allow you to wait a while for? Whatever is your treasure is an indication of what's in your heart. What Jabez did know was that he had to let God get a hand on his life. He had to let God bring his blessing in his life so that he could enjoy life. And I trust that that's your desire too. That you want to know the peace of walking in the Spirit with God every day. So that you might enjoy how God blesses you. Jabez went from being a sorrowful pain person to a person of spiritual prosperity through prayer. And we've got that in two verses. I wonder if you've made that transition yet. Have you 
come to God with your pain and your grief and your suffering and your sin and you haven't allowed God to bless you through the death of Jesus as we remember this morning. There are some people who are still stuck there. Some people in our world complain against God because of their situation but they don't allow God to come in and offer them healing and peace and comfort and hope. Just to finish this morning, there's one last mention of the name Jabez, but it's got nothing to do with the person. It's a place. And in uh, 1 Chronicles 2, verse 55, it just says this, the clans also of the scribes who live at Jabez. What could be worse than a name that means pain to be living in a place of pain? But you know, there are a lot of people in our world today that are living in places, they might not be called pain, but they're living in places painful places and the only way that they'll be free from those painful places is if they allow Jesus to come in, be the Prince of Peace, be the one who brings healing and salvation and that's what we're praying for in revival, isn't it? That God would do that in our community. He would break into this world. He would change people out of places of pain, out of lives of pain, into places of blessing, salvation, blessing, hope and peace. If you are in a place of pain today or you're, you're struggling with something, we'd love to pray with you. Pastor Jeff and I would love to pray with you. After the service, come and grab us. We will pray with you and ask that that pain might be turned into blessing as you focus on Jesus. Let me pray for you now. Father, we thank you for the writer of Chronicles who wrote this very simple statement about Jabez. He was an honourable man. He asked for your blessing and you granted it to him. Father, I pray that those of us who walk with you day by day, we will be asking you for things that are bigger than ourselves. Father, we will be asking you to do amazing things in and through our lives and in and through the life of your church, in the places where we live, in the communities that we're part of, in the, in the work that we do. Things that are bigger than what we could achieve so that all the glory will go to you, Father, so that people's lives will be changed, changed out of pain and into blessing. Father, draw people to yourself, we pray. Jesus said, as I am lifted up, I will draw all men to myself and I pray that as we go day by day, lifting the name of Jesus in the way that we do life in our attitudes towards other people in, in the opportunities that we have to speak, that, Father, you will draw people to the Lord Jesus. We thank you and praise you that you have freed us from lives of pain and moved us into lives of blessing through Jesus, your Son. And we praise you in his name today. Amen. Thanks, Jeff.